Hi, I'm Rob Holman, international speaker, best-selling author, and inside-out leadership catalyst. I'm on a personal mission to interview 12 of the greatest inside-out leaders in the world in 2021. These extraordinary leaders come from business, sports, politics, and entertainment who have faithfully demonstrated inspiration, humility, courage, perseverance, and servant leadership. Get ready and enjoy our next amazing episode of Inside Out Leadership. My guest today is international leader and visionary Serena Sumanam. Serena is a lawyer by profession and co-founder of The Voice Incorporated, a leading youth development organization. She holds a master, master's of business specializing in philanthropy and nonprofit studies from the Queensland University of Technology. She is currently the CEO for Digicel PNG Foundation and has previously worked as a policy lawyer with the Department of Justice and Attorney General, where she oversaw the implementation of domestic violence legislation and the government's action plan to address sorcery and witchcraft-related violence. Serena's work in the nonprofit sector was recently recognized with her being awarded the Young Director Award by the PNG Institute of Directors. I am so overjoyed and honored to finally meet you, Serena, and to join with us today on the Inside Out Leadership Podcast. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. I'm so happy to be able to do this with you. Thank you. Uh, you bet. Well, listen, like I said, the joy's all mine. And I look forward to, if our conversation is anything, what it's been offline or pre-recording, <laughs> I think our guests are in for a special, special treat. So I've got to ask you this. You are a big thinker. First and foremost, you're a big thinker. You're a big dreamer, <laughs> but you just don't keep it all to yourself. There's something really uh, dynamic and inspirational about how you dream and helping others share in that dream with you. So I got to ask you a couple of things, because as I said earlier, pre-recording that the Inside Out Leadership show and podcast is all about, we could spend tons of time and you have many accolades and accomplishments. So we may touch on some of those, but at the end of the day, I want people to really experience who Serena is. In other words, I want them to get to know the messenger. So as we begin to talk a bit about the message, et cetera, it's going to make yeah. a whole lot more sense. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. great. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm all about that as well. No, super. So let's, let's go back a little bit. My understanding is that you traveled quite a bit when you were younger. I got to ask you this. Like I heard your dad, your father was a diplomat mm. and through your travels, take us into that a little bit through your travels. Yeah. I'm sure it had to have helped open your eyes up to a world that was much larger than just your geographical location. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, the world that we live in today is getting smaller and smaller because of technology. But, you know, I was born in the 80s and I think that's the best decade to have been born because we've basically lived through the whole transformation of the world from the large television sets all the way now to TV in the palm of your hand. Um, but I was given the great privilege of um, being born into um, a family where uh, my father was one of the very few at that time from my country. I come from a small island country of you know, 10 million people. It's actually one of the largest Pacific Island countries. Um, 
here in the Southern Hemisphere. And um, at the time of independence, which was 1975, there were only five people that had graduated from university. Um, and my dad was amongst the very few that were getting a, a university education at that time. And we kind of rode that wave of, you know, the jubilee of, you know, being one of the, the nations at that time that was getting freed from the bonds of, you know, um, colonial government and um, he joined the foreign service in the 80s and we got to travel and live in different places. Um, I spent a bit of my growing up in two years in Brussels and um, a good four or five years in, in Tokyo and you know when you are in the childhood years you know those are formative years in your life it begins to shape the person that you are it shapes you know your perspectives of the world um i guess even your expectations of how the world should actually be and um i had the privilege of going to a very very good school um, in Tokyo and I mixed with a lot of people from many different cultures and I think I had always grown up in a home where values were taught where you know education was basically and continues to be you know the biggest uh, privilege and emphasis that if you school well and you do well then the world is your oyster and you know anything is is possible and you have to be willing to work hard and you have to be willing to invest into your dreams and it doesn't matter what you do like my dad always taught us like it, it didn't matter you could be a teacher and, he, and he's like I'd be the proudest of you you know you could be a nurse it, it didn't matter what you did but it was whatever you were given to do do it to the best of your ability so I grew up in a home that was very much filled with with values and we were taught about the importance of education and that truly like there's no reason to not do well like if you believe in yourself then you know you can do whatever it is that, that you want to do what would you say if if people didn't grow up you know we have a lot of leaders listening and some have traveled quite mm -hmm. extensively but it's been mostly in their adult years, their, their formative yeah. years. And they didn't have a chance to, to travel as much and be shaped by the world around them, so to speak, when they were younger. Yeah. But, you know, like, can you still learn, even as an adult, right, as you travel and you gain experience? I mean, can you play what I call play catch up pretty quickly as it relates to totally. the world is much larger than where you originally come from? Yeah. And I want to say, Rob, like, I think traveling and getting on a plane and traveling is one thing. But otherwise, like really with what we have right now, I travel every day through books. Books mm -hmm. take me to different places. Books take me to different centuries. Like I traverse cultures and history just through reading a book. And I think that's really that hunger to learn and that hunger to have different multiple perspectives doesn't just come through what you physically experience. It, it also comes through what you're able to read, the conversations that you're able to have and stuff. So I just think that perspective is a matter of really your own hunger. And what I've loved about coming from the country that I do come from, you know, I'm, I'm talking people that like literally like saw, you know, the touch of civilization, like literally were our grandparents that saw the first, you know, white man that actually went and experienced what it was like to get on a boat. Um, you know, some of my own peers, their first time to ever get on a plane, like, and, mm. and contact with the modern world, like, it's been phenomenal. Just, I think the perspective that I had being a Melanesian and, and coming from the part of the world that I do, like everything, I always remind myself, like touch wood, like it's, uh, the world is a big, big place, but I've seen my people go from literal stone age 
into the modern age and they've been able to adapt so well. And it, it comes really from, again, having that hunger to want to learn, having the ability to be able to absorb new ideas and to be able to think, actually, does this make sense to me? Does it not make sense to me? You know, and and just really pure hard work and and ethics, you know, because literally, like, I think we live in a time in the world where we just have so much freedom. And uh, those of us, and I say those of us that have access because so many people in my own country do not have the same level of access. I just feel it's it's a privilege and it's a responsibility. And what do you do with all that access? You know, if you have the ability to, to get on a plane and to go travel the world, do it. But like, seriously, anyone right now could just open a book and read. Google something, you can learn, like literally, there's just so much out there that can shape your perspective outside of the, the very sometimes mundane and very small lives that we live in that's, that's so limited. But if you want to dream, it is all about perspective and it's all about exposing yourself to other sorts of cultures, languages, experiences, and perspectives, because that's what's literally going to change the world. We have no excuse. Serena, I'm listening to a woman that is bold. You're a, you're a woman and a leader of deep conviction. You are, as I mentioned earlier, you are a big thinker, a big dreamer, but you, you take other people on the journey with you. And not just that, you help others share in that vision. So as I'm thinking about, I am listening to, and I am learning so much from this bold, deep conviction individual that's unique. But have you always been like that? So I, you know, or were yeah. you a bit, when you were younger, were you a bit on the shy <laughs> side? And so mm -hmm. take us on that journey with you from the, when you were younger to yeah. now, like, yeah, let us in. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot because I think, um, I, I spent a long time, a lot of my time, my husband and I uh, mentoring a lot of other young Papua New Guineans through an organization that you mentioned earlier, The Voice Inc. And what I found when it comes to leadership, like you can teach people about leadership principles, but the most powerful weapon that we all have are really our individual stories. And I think I get asked a lot like, oh, you're so, you're such a good public speaker, or you're so confident. And I laugh to myself because I like, I know that that wasn't me all the time. Um, and again, because I talk to a lot of young people, a lot of my stories center on growing up and sort of that transition to, you know, you become the person that you are. And um, for me, again, I'll just go back to, I came back from um, uh, living overseas when I was in grade five. And, uh, you know, when I came back, I had a thick American accent. And that's just not cool if you're going to be in a public school here in PNG. And I think, you know, you already begin to realize, oh, crap, I'm actually different. Yeah. And I think it's that feeling of knowing that actually you're you're different that some people are able to really thrive in that others kind of begin to clam up and go actually i'm different i will just keep quiet and keep to myself because i don't really want to stand out and i think that was kind of what plagued me my early growing up years um and especially if you're transitioning into teenage years and that's kind of where i was going 13 14 and um, I just really began to become a lot more self-conscious than I was when I was a kid. And it was really that, that feeling of just not wanting to stand up in the crowd. Um, I always recall a time when I was in grade seven. I was a kid that just didn't talk, was just too scared to say anything. And um, 
when my teacher every year when they would go okay who's going to be the school like class captain so we had to do voting okay who's going to be our class rep and I would be sitting at the back of the class and with sweaty palms going <laughs> the voice at the back of my head saying Serena you're a leader you can do this and the other side of my mind going you can't even answer the question and raise your <laughs> oh, hand no. and you know the right answer like seriously who are you kidding so I would have this mind battle. No one knew what was going on within me. And that happened like grade six, grade seven, grade eight, grade nine, like all the time, no joke, um, until I was in grade 10. And my teacher then saw kind of the potential that I had and was like, you know what, Serena, you, we, our class, and we need to put a rep up to be school captain. I, I'm not talking like class rep, I'm talking school captain. Oh, wow. And that was provincial, biggest provincial high school at that time. And they're like, you know, you are great and you are smart. And, you know, we think you're a great role model. You have no choice as in you, this is not a democracy in this decision. Sure. You are going to be our representative for our class, our nominee. I was like, I've never even been a class <laughs> captain. I've never, like, what are you talking about? Anyway, they put me forward. And I think for me, that was the start of my leadership journey. Actually, I, I don't know. I wrote something or I don't know. I, no one in the school knew who I was, um, but they took a chance on a few lines that I wrote. And I, I told her I love reading. So I think I did write something a bit inspiring. I can't remember what I wrote. but I'm I sure had, you did, Serena. I'm sure you wrote some inspirational words. <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, I won. Um, and I kind of went from, you know, having no kind of, you know, experience really standing in front and stuff to leading one of the biggest provincial high schools at that time. And I, you know, after that, that was the start of my leadership journey. But it was one teacher that recognized that I had potential, didn't give me a choice and said, you know what, you are going to do this and you're going to do well. And I always credit him, Mr. Onzem, because I believe that I am definitely where I am because someone pushed me. And every time I talk to young people, like that's what I always say, I look at them and I see who has the potential. And I'm like, right now you don't feel like it but it's a muscle you know you got to just keep working it when you work it you work it you work it suddenly you just become better at it and uh, um, I think that's just what we need to start doing with more and more people whether you're young you're older just it's recognizing a gift that someone has and help them to help bring it out of them you know because all you know gold goes through fire to get refined it's the same thing for all of our gifts and our potential as well it has to go through fire to come out so um, I love it. That was I, my journey. And <laughs> do you know what I love it to love about that too? There was a teacher and I'm sure others along the way too, that saw oh, something yeah. that saw something in you that you couldn't necessarily see in yourself. And yeah. the beauty and the power in that is as mm. you started slowly, but surely to come alive and gain confidence and build up your self-esteem as well as other things. Now you can give away what you have received. Yeah, and I mean, totally. that's the beautiful aspect is when we receive a gift and or yeah. gifts in our life as a leader, just as a human being, yeah. we now have received those things, not just to keep them to ourselves for the rest of our lives, but now to yeah. offer them to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's kind of, that's the gift that he's giving, you know, that's what we're meant to do on earth. And if we do it well, I just think the world would be such, you know, much more better place than it is now. So here's, here's something, a good follow-up, I think, is so many times we hear leaders and people talk about, you know, gaining confidence in what you do and growing in that. It's another thing to grow in confidence, not necessarily based on your accomplishments, your titles, your responsibilities, just based on who you are. Yeah, totally. So can you speak to that? Like having confidence based uh, on who you are, <laughs> what are some things along your journey that yeah. have helped you gain more confidence in who you are? 
That's so good. Um, you know, I think really we are the sum total of what we believe in. And I think for me, you know, really having a firm conviction of who I am and the fact that no title, no amount of external, you know, platitudes or anything will actually make me better or give me more value than what I have intrinsically because I am Serena and there's no one else like me. And that truly comes from the faith that I have in God and in believing that the Bible is, you know, the, the ultimate truth. And what it has given me is just a, a sense of identity that I would not have had I not believed in this. And I think the world that we live in now is trying to fit all these different types of, you know, identities over us and, you know, split us into multiple people because we have to identify with so many other things. But if you just settle with this truth that there is no one else like you. There will never be another world. There will never be another Serena. Evidenced by the fact that my fingerprint is unique, nothing else and no one else will ever match that. And because of that, by virtue of that, just like it is in the ecosystem, everything in the ecosystem has a function and it has a purpose. If you come to understand those truths fundamentally, natural law, God creator, you know, if you read your Bible, you might know Genesis 126, made in the image and likeness of God, you know, those basic fundamental truths then mean that I actually have inherent value and I have inherent worth and nothing can take from that and nothing can add to it. And I think once you settle with that, and that was me when I was 21 years old, I um, made a, a decision then that actually I was going to live by these truths that actually I didn't have to try to keep up with the crowd. I didn't have to try to be someone I wasn't because I needed to feel included and, and you know, be part of a crowd. I think when I started to realize that for myself, it, it really helped me understand sort of the journey that I wanted to have as an individual. And I still get really kind of, you know, I'm not a, a titles person. I think people will know me like I, I go into a place to create value. And whether that lines you up as a CEO or it lines you up as, a, you know, someone that's volunteering off in an organization, put me anywhere. But at the end of the day, I have a vision and I know why I am there and I'm there to create value. And I think if that drives you, then also value attracts is attracted to you. And I've seen that in my own journey, like uh, I, it, it always is really awkward and weird, like, cause I've never people gone, what's your career, you know, go, where do you wanna go? I'm like, actually, I don't really have a career goal, but ask me, I have a vision. Come on, I, I love I that. Go with that vision and you put me anywhere, as long as it's aligned to what I wanna see happen, I can, I can create value where I am. And I think that's sort of, it's a big place to try and get to, and I'm not good at it at all, but I have allowed it to dictate where I have positioned myself. I've walked out of high paying jobs. I've always tried to stay true to that because that's the core of the life that I wanna live. Um, and, uh, and it's done me well all these years. Yes, it has. And I know I'm, I'm a beneficiary of that right now, as well as our entire audience, not to mention the, 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 the youth as a part of the voice, as well as the, you know, um, Digicel foundation as well. So thank you so much for being you and sharing with so much confidence and sharing big dreams, because I oftentimes say that people and many leaders all around the world, they dream and they think way too small. In other words, if, if we don't have the help and dependence on God and the mm -hmm. help of other people on the journey, then we are thinking way too small. 
Totally, totally. Yeah. You know, I just go like, again, I said, you are the sum total of what you believe, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like all those things to me are, are just so real. And again, like I am one of those weird people that lives in books. So to me, I have a lot of friends that are maybe not my physical friends, but like I know them so well because I follow every single book they publish and stuff. And I think that, you know, you you can, you have that ability to expand your today by who you allow to influence your life. And it's so key that you are having the right influences around you because it'll determine how far you go. And if you read the good book, you know, you read the Bible and you read what God has to say about you, you become like what he says you are. And that's why it's just so important to read the word and to and to know it because it becomes living inside of you and i think that's kind of that ultimate place where truly the word begins to dictate where we go in life and there's so many great people we can turn to as role models and leaders and examples so like it's it's to me fundamental love it love it love it all right so i want to turn the corner a little bit as we close our time in the next few minutes together and this has been so insightful it's just so you are so inspiring i'm 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 here today as a total student i'm learning so much i know our listeners are are learning so much as well so i want to get practical as we close our time together today there are those listening and perhaps they're not dreaming big enough there's others that are big thinkers and big dreamers but they they want others to share in that big vision with them So I, in doing a little digging, doing my homework with you, Serena, back in the days of The Voice, I know you still mentor many of the youth relating to The Voice, which is just awesome, especially with your (laughs) given responsibilities with the Digicel Foundation. But you had an acronym for DREAM. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You got to take us a little bit in this acronym and and just because I think it really breaks down nicely your heart, your mind, and how you view thinking and dreaming big. Can you take us into the D and just lead us all the way through the M? This would be huge. Sure. Love it. Um, so 2008 started a program called The Dream. It is an acronym for Drive Relationships, Experiences, and Education, Attitudes, and Mission Statements. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I got to credit my husband who's sitting here with me. He actually got together. So uh, we are the dream team, like literally. Uh, and uh, we were we were looking at that time, like we wanted to, we're taking young, a group of young people out for a retreat. And we were looking for a framework of what we would take them through to talk about leadership. And we said, at the end of the day, really, a leader is uh, what they envision. You know, it's about creating a desired future of what you see. And we said the biggest thing and the biggest weapon that we have is our ability to dream. And we live in a free country, so we can actually make those dreams come true. So uh, when we started sitting down and we, we started going, can what can we do with this dream? Can we break it up into an acronym? Like, what can it be? So we sort of went, okay, DD, what about D? And we realized actually drive. Why? Because actually drive and motivation is what life is all about. If you do not have a drive and you're not able to get yourself out of the bed every day, like life is just not worth living. And a lot of people are living, but they're actually dead on the inside. So we're like, okay, let's teach young people about the importance of having drive, but a purpose-centered drive. And we were so excited. We're like, yes, DD, down, that makes sense. But then we're like, really, R, what could that be? You know, what what does R stand for? What what could R be? And as we thought about it, we're like, really, we are the sum total of our relationships. And a lot of us now, like, again, I told you at the beginning, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like, relationships are the core of what we are. Some relationships we don't get to choose. Our families, we're born into them. But hey, 
I grew up in a family where I experienced a lot of family violence. So what have I learned out from that? And how has that actually shaped the person that I am today? You know, but then there are people that you get to choose. So we help young people think through kind of your inner core, who is in your inner core and who is speaking to you. Again, I say the world that we live in now, it is not only your physical friends, the physical people in your lives, who are you listening to through the music that you're listening to, through the books that you're reading, through what you're saying, because it is influencing you in one way or another. And, and we have the inner core, we have the outer core and community. So we help give tools to young people to sort out, you know, who is in their, their relationship, we call it their inner core. Um, and then E, because E, it's, it's all about your experiences. Experiences build resilience in your life. And a lot of people go through a lot of hard experiences. And the thing is that you have to embrace all the good and the bad because it's made you what you are today. And we, we also place a lot of emphasis on telling young people about education because the education is your vehicle that will get you out from where you are today. You cannot say that, oh, you know, um, everything in the world is just not, you know, um, it's going bad around me. Actually, you do have a choice and you can decide to work hard today. So we teach them around education and experiences and the role that plays in your life. Then A stands for attitude because you know what, it's it's all about your attitude. If you have the right attitude and you have the right perspective, it's all underpinned by a belief system. So we teach them to look a bit deeper and unpack sort of that iceberg theory. Why do I act the way I do? It is obviously determined by my attitudes and we, we go through that um, in depth with them. And especially if you also come from a country like ours, that's very, it's, it's multicultural. We have a lot of different cultures and a lot of things that trigger the way we behave. So having that deeper thinking is really important. But ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone's got to have a mission. So the, the sum combination of all of that is helping young people write out a mission statement. And a mission statement, the way we teach young people to write it, is based on your values, identifying what your gift is, and really what you see yourself contributing to. So we have like all these tools that we help young people write their mission statements for. And what's really blessed me, Rob, over the last like 13 years since the time we launched the program is kids still have their dream journals and they come and they see me and they're like, oh, you know, I wrote this down and look where I am now. And wow. nothing makes me more prouder than to see people just on that journey. Because again, I'll say it in a country like mine where, you know, unfortunately, like just the situation around us can seem so desperate, um, failing health, you know, education, such a challenge, um, so much inequality. Yet when you look at our country, it is filled with potential. And I thank God that we are a free country. Yes. You know, the government doesn't tell us what to do. You know, you are free. And if you are free, who told you that things would come easy? No, you got to work for it. Yes. But if our people had a vision and if they were guided by that and they you know were able to build communities of people that also believed in the same thing and were trying their hardest like where would our country be in 10 20 30 40 50 years from now and i just go your biggest gift is your freedom so use it well that's not the same for so many other people in other places so we teach young people how to dream and we've seen it work over the years and it's it's been a blessing this is so <laughs> rich i mean i can't help it as i'm listening to you and to thinking of this shy girl back in the day that a teacher and other family members and friends and people that had come around you to see things in you that you couldn't see in yourself. And now look yeah. at the influence you were having in Papua yeah. New Guinea, as well as all around the world through the work of your hands, through your voice becoming louder. And it's just yeah. such a, it's such a joy to listen to you. And um, so 
okay, so what's next for Serena? Maybe not even what's next, but like, what are you doing now? Take us in in just maybe a minute or two. Uh, you are CEO of the PNG DigiCell yeah. Foundation. So take Foundation. us in. Yeah, look, um, I'm going to just say, like, I've had the most um, amazing, amazing career. You know, I finished um, my law degree, so I'm a lawyer by profession, uh, and uh, I sort of knew I wasn't going to practice law, and uh, I went in and I started working on at The Voice full time and really building the organization. I'm proud of where it is now. It's totally on its feet. Um, and then I went off and did a master's of business uh, specializing in philanthropy and not-for-profit studies only because I got married and I could not do my master's of public policy in Canberra. It was just too far away from uh. Port Moresby. So I went and my friend told me, hey, this is a really great course. Go and get an MBA. So I did it. You, you know, if you were to tell me, you have told me six years later that I would be working for, you know, um, a billionaire philanthropist yeah. managing his portfolio in Papua New Guinea, I would have said, no way. Um, but I get to work for one of the most amazing leaders of our time. His name is Dennis O'Brien. He owns um, the Giselle PNG and the Giselle Group. Um, and I've witnessed his vision, his tenacity, his innovation, how he has gone across markets and he has liberalized telecommunications for countries and in countries like mine where people before could not afford a phone that now have a phone, but he's gone over and above and Digicel Foundations invested $156 million into health and education initiatives across four countries, Jamaica, Haiti, PNG, um, and Trinidad and Tobago. And I've, I've got to work at now through this vehicle of this company, going out to some of the most rural and remote areas, helping communities figure out how to solve their own problems, because we don't believe in top-down solutions. It's about how do you support that groundswell of community leadership that is happening. That is the most sustainable way to deliver any kind of, of development programming. It's to help build local agency. And I've been able to do that now and it's going to my three years um, in this role. And uh, I can honestly say like, um, it's been an incredible blessing and I don't know where the future will take me, but I do know that uh, It'll definitely continue to be helping to empower local communities. I think helping to think through how to solve more complex problems in, in my country and seeing definitely how digital transformation will help in that because we're so scattered and we're so um, isolated in terms of our, our rural population. But now with the touch of a phone, like you can bring education to the doorstep, you can connect people to health services and there's just such a huge role for technology to play. And I've been just really, I think blessed through the vehicle that I now get to work in to drive a bit of that. Um, and uh, you'll definitely, hopefully the world will hear more from me because I'm super passionate about my country and I will continue <laughs> to raise the flag of Papua New Guinea and Melanesia who are an incredible, incredible group of people. And there's just so much that I'm learning from my own people that I think the rest of the world would benefit from as well. Well, Serena, I'll tell you, there's no better messenger for that message <laughs> message than you. I, I mean that in the short period of time we've had today and some previous meetings as well, I've just gotten to know you a whole lot better. Um, certainly you are a big dreamer, but yes. <laughs> more, more, more importantly, uh, I just am grateful for how God's made you because we need you right now in this time in human history to do oh, what you. you do and to say what you say. And I just, uh, I hope 
for many receptive people throughout the entire planet that could then take this message and be their own messengers all around yeah. the world. So I just appreciate this. Where can we, as a time comes to a close officially, like mm -hmm. where can people find out more about you, whether it's through the Digicel Foundation mm -hmm. uh, website, whatever, what's the best place or places? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think um, the best place to find any of the stuff that I've just talked about now is on the Voice website, um, www.thevoicepng.org. Um, we're going to be launching off our whole dream series. It's a whole digital series. So anyone around the world will be able to access that and do it in their own time. Um, and we really want to build up communities of practice, people that believe in the same thing. And that's what I'm so excited about in this digital world, because again, the world is so big, but yet it's becoming smaller. So um, please follow The Voice Inc., um, the Clean Gen Movement, uh, and definitely you can hit up on this, the stuff that I do every day, www.digicelfoundation.org. It's an incredible organization. I'm so proud that I get to lead it in Papua New Guinea. Serena, thank you so much for the gift that you are. Thank um, you. I, I, really, I really want to encourage you on your journey. You keep doing what you're doing. I pray nothing but the best. I pray that your voice would remain and get even louder than it is now. And it's pretty, pretty loud in a, in, in a way that it needs to be. And so, um, and, and I just hope nothing but the best for you. I appreciate your valuable time that you spent with us today on the Inside Out Leadership Podcast. And um, so thanks for being with us. It's my blessing. Thank you so much, Rob. God bless. You bet. Well, again, as we bring our show to a close, I just, again, want to thank you, Serena, for being with us, as well as I want to thank Auto Conversion, our sponsor, and, uh, and producing this just amazing show with extraordinary people, human beings, and leaders. Uh, I've been utilizing Auto Conversion since 2017, I can't believe it, and helping me create and implement my PR and marketing strategy. If you are out there, perhaps you're a content producer, you're a leader, and you're thinking about your own PR media marketing strategy, maybe even your own podcast, I encourage you to go to autoconversion.net and they are an invaluable resource to help you on your journey. In addition to that, I also wanna encourage you, take part in the Get Paid to Speak community. It's a world-class speaker community. I know so many speakers all around the world. They could be aspiring speakers or seasoned speakers, and they want to get paid what they're worth to speak. So many just have such an amazing heart to give away all this content, everything that's on their heart, but they want to see like, is it okay to get paid? How much should I get paid to speak? We help them understand the ins and the outs of the speaking business, and you can lean on community in that process. So if you're interested in learning how you can leverage getting paid to speak, I want to encourage you to go to www.robholman.com forward slash GPS to begin your journey right away. We look forward to having you with us along the journey. And until next time, for Serena Sumanop, my name is Rob Holman. Bless you and have an amazing, amazing day. Bye-bye.